Welcome to Season 5 of the Shock Your Potential Podcast with your host, best-selling author and international speaker, Michael Sherlock. The Shock Your Potential Podcast is dedicated to entrepreneurs looking to up their game, increase their income, and scale their businesses to new heights. Shock Your Potential is a professional services company providing affordable services to small businesses, matching entrepreneurs with virtual assistants, and offering specialized leadership and sales training to companies around the world. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and listen in now to another motivating episode that will help you to shock your potential. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long, we're talking about one of my favorite subjects, money, and how money matters, and why it matters, and why we should make sure that we hold on to as much of it as we can and have fun with it along the way. And my guest today is a repeat guest. His name is Chris Miles. He's the cash flow expert. I can't wait to tell you more about him if you don't remember him from last year. And uh, he's going to make you think about your money from a couple different standpoints. In fact, this morning, I was listening to our entire podcast episode again from last year and just couldn't even turn it off. Now, he's a leading authority on how to quickly create cash flow and lasting wealth, and he's done so for thousands of his clients, entrepreneurs like us, and other people internationally. He's been featured in U.S. News, CNN Money, Bankrate.com, quite a few others. He has a high reputation for getting his clients life-altering, yeah, listen to that, life-altering financial results from his company, Money Ripples, which I love the name of it. Now, He's also probably going to tell us a little bit of its backstory, and it involves a suit there because he did spend some time as a traditional financial advisor and a stock coach. And somewhere along the way, he said, hmm, I don't think this industry in this format is actually helping people to become financially prosperous. And I want to make sure I do something different about that. So he left the industry. He retired technically when he was 28, although we were just talking about how sometimes you retire and then you just start playing again. And he's since worked to teach his effective, unique strategies for companies like Freedom Fast Track and Garrett Gunderson and now Money Ripples. And doing so, he exposes popular myths around money that have kept so many of us from enjoying financial freedom and peace of mind. Now, he doesn't just talk about this. He preaches it and practices it himself and helps other small business owners, especially to find some things that no one else is actually going to tell them or teach them how to do, achieve financial prosperity now and in the future, spending time on doing what they love the most. And joining me again is Chris Miles. Thanks for being back with us again. Hey, it's such a pleasure to be back, Michael. It is great to have you. And before I forget to tell you, Last time when we spoke, you inspired me to invest in myself and my company in a different way because we were talking a lot about uh, John Lee Dumas and Entrepreneurs on Fire. And I'd had a couple of people who'd been on or involved with uh, Entrepreneurs on Fire. And after interviewing you, I said, all right, it's time. I'm going to pull the plug. So I actually uh, made that investment in myself and my business. And I got a spot on his show that aired, I think, last beginning of last May of 2021. Great results, awesome. great feedback. We're still getting calls on it. It's fantastic. And uh, I'm thinking about doing it again. So there are definite, in, definite ways that we can all invest in ourselves, in our businesses. So I can't wait to learn more. So tell us a little bit more about you, your business, and how what you do helps people to shock their financial potential. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you definitely covered a lot of it already, uh, but really what I, we work as is like an anti-financial advisor, right? Mm -hmm. um, what we're trying to do is undo everything you've been taught because we've, we've always been taught to save everything, spend nothing, save mm -hmm. it forever, and then hopefully someday you might have something. And mm -hmm. in truth, uh, people aren't becoming financially independent. They're not becoming financially free. They're uh, hoping that there's going to be social security to help them bridge the gap because they don't have mm -hmm. enough money to really have any freedom. Otherwise they're just caught in this rat race for the rest of their lives. And uh, we debunk all of that. We get rid of that. Um, we get mm -hmm. to where people become financially free within 10 years, usually uh, mm -hmm. not 10,000 years, you know, uh, you know, by your 70s or 80s, but many people can actually enjoy an early retirement if they want, or just be able to work and do what they love uh, without the worry of money, right? Where they, they know that they're, they're just fine no matter what happens. And that's really what we help people do is we help strategize and help do things that are outside the Wall Street, the Main Street type stuff that you see. And things are more in the alternative space like real estate investing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, and I think I, I know when we talked last time, because I was just refreshing myself on it, we were talking mm -hmm. about how, yeah, not only this concept of save, 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 don't spend until you, you know, might get to enjoy it at some point in time, but that we've also been conditioned to save and invest in certain ways, especially 401ks or, you know, um, mm -hmm. other kinds of, uh, you know, IRAs and all these different things, which are good. I mean, there's a place for them, but I think we've been taught them to the exclusion of everything else. And so some of these other concepts are often daunting to people because they're like, well, I don't want to become, if I invest in real estate, I don't want to become a landlord or whatever. And so you get tunnel vision mm -hmm instead of opening up and seeing what all the possibilities are. Yeah. And it's, it's not your fault. I mean, we've mm -hmm. been taught and trained this stuff for entire lives. We've been taught mm -hmm. to be savers, right? Yeah. Never really taught to be wise stewards or investors, um, but we've been taught to be savers just to save mm -hmm. and accumulate money. And, and I'll tell you, it's not even really the financial advisor's fault, uh, even though they're just pawns in the, the grand scheme of things. It really is the financial institutions that have taught and trained you to to trust and rely on them, which helps mm -hmm. them make more money, you know, and, you know, I hate to say it's all about corporate greed. I'm not that kind of person to say that kind of stuff, but obviously they have a business, their business right. is to educate you financially. And uh, the one thing I learned, you know, 20 years ago, I became a financial advisor, like that mainstream wall street type financial advisor. And I'll tell you, um, you do not have to be a financial expert to be a financial advisor. In fact, mm -hmm. that's one thing you got to understand is that financial advisors are not financial experts. Mm -hmm. They are really just salespeople, financial salespeople selling just a, a very small, you know, choice of products within mm -hmm. a small, really within, within this tiny little industry of mutual funds, right. And bonds and, and insurances and things like that. If you think about it, it's kind of like Mexican food, you know, like, <laughs> It really, really Mexican food is, is like the same ingredients, no matter what you buy, right? doesn't matter if it's a burrito or a taco, it's the yeah. same exact ingredients, tostadas, you know, even en enchiladas and things like that essentially have all the same ingredients. Maybe it's slightly different sauce, but it's mm -hmm. all the same. And yeah. that's what financial advisors are doing is that they make it seem like they're offering you the entire world, but in truth, they're just offering you mutual funds and insurance. And the mm -hmm. problem with that is, and this is what I learned as a financial advisor, because I did that for four years. I started to realize, because I like evidence, I like to know that things work, but I noticed mm -hmm. that people that I even inherited as clients from decades prior weren't becoming financially free themselves. Yeah. And then even more so is that when my friend, you know, my friend Doug, he's, he told me, he said, 
you know, Chris, you know, we got this debate about what's better stocks or real estate. Cause he was doing real estate investing and he was doing amazing. In fact, it sounded too good to be true. I didn't believe him. And he finally just said, Chris, well, how many of your clients are financially free where they don't worry about money? Mm-hmm. Well, none because they watch CNN and, and everybody freaks out. If they watch those kind of news stations, right? The sky is falling, you know? And then I was like, well, none, even the retired ones don't seem free because they're worried about running out of money too early. Yep. He said, yep. all right, well, what about this? How many of you guys as financial advisors are financially free, not off of all the commissions and stuff that you get from renewals and things, things of that nature, which you could retire off of yourself through the business mm-hmm. part of your, your business, uh, but actually doing these mutual fund investments you've been recommending. And as I thought about guys, I've been working there since the late seventies, mm-hmm. I realized, well, probably none. Yeah. <laughs> there probably aren't any of us that could do that. And I was right. Um, really financial advisors for the vast, vast majority, even the ones that have been doing it for decades would not be able to retire if they weren't being paid ongoing sales in their business. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, and that's what opened my eyes. I realized, okay, well, I'm open. I want to see what's out there. And, uh, and then that's when I started to see this whole new world that I was never taught as a financial advisor, right? Mm -hmm. I was always taught to save and accumulate money, but never really had to generate passive income. Mm-hmm. That's something they because they would always tell you, hey, if you save up a million dollars, then you can live on three percent, which means you live on thirty thousand a year, which is like a broke millionaire. <laughs> if you think about it, like like wow, I can live on three percent of a million bucks. Yay! Wow. I pay thirty. I, I can take thirty thousand dollars and then pay taxes on that thirty thousand. So really, right. I have like two thousand bucks a month as a millionaire. I mean, yep. that's not what we picture, right? No. But that's really that's reality. That's really yeah. what it's like. Um, I actually just did another interview here earlier today where I showed them, I said, Hey, if you want to try to retire in 30 years, whatever you save per year is about what you can pull out per year after inflation takes a hit, you know, Mm. after inflation hits you down the road. Mm. So if you save 20,000 a year into your 401k, which is about max funding your 401k, guess what? You only have about 20,000 a year live on. Yeah. I mean, that's the sad part. Um, and so, so that's where I, I realized there was different things that it wasn't about accumulating money. It was about cash flow because that same person that might have a million bucks. The great thing is that that million, we can easily generate at least a 10% return of actual income. Mm-hmm. So that's not 20,000 a year, right? Or, or, you know, whatever, or 30,000 a year, but you know, 24,000 after taxes, but it's actually like a hundred thousand a year they're able to live on. And, and that shifted my thinking completely as, as being a former financial advisor. I quit after that, obviously, because I couldn't be an integrity <laughs> teacher anymore. But, but I realized like, wow, I have to, like, I can actually have hope here. Like, and not just for me, but people I know that have been saving, they've been doing everything that, you know, the good little boys and little girls should be doing, but then found out they weren't free. Even if they got debt free, they still weren't financially free. Um, mm-hmm. There was a whole new, like a whole new world that opened up as you had just mentioned. And so it, it became all about how do we accelerate your ability to create returns? How do you actually create that passive income so that you can work because you want to, not because you have to. And the cool thing is, is that everybody talks about this financial future, but nobody yeah. talks about how about the financial present. You know, oh, like someone true. says, hey, yeah. if you keep doing this for years and years and years, if you keep doing this, you pay off for all your debts in 30 or 40 years, you'll be free and happy. Assuming as long as you, you don't have a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? And, uh, mm-hmm. but then I'm like, wait, but what about the financial present? Cause if we can adjust the present mm-hmm. now and create an actual present for you today, that will take care of the future for itself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, in, as you were even talking about a million dollars, it's, it's 
funny. I remember at a time in my life thinking about having a million dollars for my retirement sounded like a lot of money. Uh And the older you get and the more you learn of the world, it's really not. Um, It's not, it sounds like a lot of money, but to live on that for retirement years, especially with the age that we're living to now, which is much longer, is it just really needs to be more. Um, mm-hmm. I, I get this sense from some people around that, you know, that I see and interact with that, that they've kind of given up hope that that would even be a possibility to even have that. Do you see a difference? And I don't know if it's just maybe the last couple of years or just a sense of, you know, uh, you know, we're seeing fewer people buy houses. So we're, we're seeing these shifts in the way people even view money today. Do people, do you think there's some cynicism on whether or not, you know, people are like, I just give up. I'm just going to keep working as long as I can and hope, and hope that works out. Absolutely. I don't know. I mean, that's the same thing my dad said decades ago. And he was a guy that paid off his house, was saving Mm -hmm. in his 401k, doing everything he was supposed to be doing. But he still said, you know what, it's not gonna be enough. I'm gonna have to work until I'm dead. Uh And, and, And I think that's, I think as we start to see Here's what here's what's gonna happen. It hasn't quite hit people as bad. I think people are feeling the pinch because hey, we we had inflation come out recently saying now it's eight and a half percent. Just so you know, when the government says it's eight and a half percent, it's actually much worse. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) It's always higher than what they say because they have to adjust their social security, how they how much they raise social security each year for people. They have to do that based on those cost of living indexes, right? Especially with Medicare and everything else, all these other costs. So they try to show a much lower. Uh, much lower rate of inflation than what's the reality. Uh, for most of us, we're probably seeing like a 15 to 20% increase. It's mm-hmm. horrible. Um, yeah. And so I think some people are feeling it. I think they're really going to feel it though when the, when they really start to see the stock market fall. Yep. That's yep. the point where people are going to feel hopeless because most yeah. people are kind of hanging in there because we've had 13 years in a row up that we've never seen in history. I went back to the 1800s in the stock market. The last you know streak that we had was six years in a row. That was in the 90s, the late 90s, right before Y2K mm-hmm. crashed, right? right? But we've had it for 13 years in a row. And of course, this year, so far, it's been down a little bit. Right. And But people haven't felt it because they, they haven't called it a bear market, you know, where it's going down. You have mm-hmm. to lose 20% before they finally tell you, oh, now it's a bear market. <laughs> Guess what? Surprise. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like that inflation that number. <laughs> yeah. I mean, say you had a million dollars right now, you lose 20% before they finally tell you, oh, the market's going down. That means you have $800,000. You lost a couple hundred grand yep. waiting. And now you have to wait longer. And, and then we have, and see, it's not just losing 20%. And I think it's going to be worse than that, by the way. The stock market, I think we'll lose at least 35, 40% this mm-hmm. next run for these next wow. several years. Um, just because we're overdue, we created this massive bubble inside the stock market. And of course, when that happens, people are going to start pulling their money out, causing it to go down more, right? right. We're going to see some craziness happen. So imagine this. I mean, imagine that it goes down 35, 40%. You go from a million down to like 600,000. Right. But that's not the worst part because remember, there's still inflation going. Right. And, and, and they're not going to get under control anytime really soon. So if we have inflation still continue to go up, say it's only 5%. Right, which right. is kind of more normal, anyways. You know, actually, it's probably less than normal. I'm being very conservative here, but five percent. <laughs> say that's over, say three years. Well, that means now that million dollars needed to be at least one point one five million. But if you went all the way down to six hundred thousand by that point, now you're like lost, almost like losing half your money, not Absolutely. just losing forty percent. 
And then you have to figure out how to like, well, hope you don't figure out anything. You just hope that the mark will come back while you're chasing. It's like a Dalmatian chasing a fire truck, right? The fire truck's inflation and you're the Dalmatian hoping that you can ride the market back up. You might wait forever. Um, So I think now is like the best time more than ever to say, hey, I've made good money. If you are in the market, right? Get the chips off the table. Get it out of there where it's already been way overvalued for what it should be and say, mm-hmm. great, now can I put it somewhere else where it's more stable? And you know, we mentioned things like real estate. This is not like buying real estate in your backyard. Mm-hmm. That, that's what most people think of. When I talk about buying real estate, I talk about doing passive type of stuff, things where you're hands off, mm-hmm. where uh, you have somebody else running the property for you. In fact, it probably won't even be in your backyard. It might be in a completely different state. Yeah. You know, and, and where there's actually better cash flow than what you would get in your backyard. Because if you're in the Western United States, like I am, anything out here stinks. You know, you don't okay. want to buy anything out here. Yeah. Um, but out east, you know, there's way better deals. You know, in the Midwest or the Southeast, there's great stuff. There's better deals um, in the east. My God, everything here is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, not northeast. Notice I didn't say northeast, right? Ah, or I didn't yeah. say Florida, you know, right now. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like certain pockets of the Southeast or in the Midwest and, and not in the big cities, more in like these, you know, suburbing, su- suburbing, that's a new word now, <laughs> suburbia type of areas, right? Or yeah, smaller, smaller type of communities. I mean, even places like, like Kansas City, you know, for example, Kansas City is like really boring. Uh, you don't see it on the news because it's not like a Tampa or a Phoenix where things have been hot. They're saying, mm-hmm. No, like it's just steady as she goes, just doing its thing. And, uh, and those places you can find pretty decent returns on your money. You know, I've, I've had plenty of double digit returns for a long time. Heck, I even have uh, money invested in like raw land right now uh, where mm-hmm. I have a partner. He's doing all the work. I'm financing it. But mm-hmm. already in just the last seven months, $100,000 of my money has now bought us enough properties that I'm cash flowing at 5,000 bucks a month. From oh, that wow. hundred grand. Oh, nice. So, I mean, there's so many different things you do, even like the oil and gas, you know, like there's things you can do where you actually, you know, release land. I mean, you don't have to do it again. You invest money with people that exactly. do all the work, but right. you know, they're going and they're leasing land to the oil companies. They're not the ones really doing the drilling. It's already been done. They're just getting paid off the land and off the, the profits that's happening on their land. Yeah. So there's things, there's so many ways that you can, you can leverage and use your money that can create 10, 15% or more types of returns. Again, still there's risk. Anything can happen, Absolutely. but I much rather trust risk that I can help, you know, really minimize my risks and do some things to be smarter about it. than mm-hmm. hoping and praying the stock market is going to do something that I have zero control over. I have no power over it. I'm at the mercy of the stock market. If I put my money there, you're really just a gambler. You're not, you're not really an investor. Well, and I, you'll probably laugh at me, but uh, I don't necessarily sit down to watch uh, Jim Cramer and Mad Money, but uh-huh. my husband likes to watch it. And two things have stuck out at me as we've been watching the last few weeks. One, he was he did one whole big segment on buying into, you know, like apartment buildings, you know, those kind of bigger corporations that have them and also then student housing. And you're know, talking yeah. about the fact that people, you know, most, you know, people are getting shut out of the housing market and they have to rent and we knew, do know rents that are going up. And so they're talking about the profitability of that. And I see that still yeah. happening for a while. So I can see that as, as a different kind of smart investment. But to your point yeah. about even land and oil is that we do know now that we are going to take steps in the U.S. to try and uh, mitigate our risk on dependence on foreign oil. So, mm-hmm. you know, 
clearly we're going to be spending more time on our soil. There are ways and businesses that that uh, that have longer term that you're not you're still gambling, but not the same way because you can we can see what things we are doing and that might mm-hmm. ride through. Uh, you know, the next few years as things get rocky in the stock market. So it is a good time to kind of open up your eyes and lift your head up and say, okay, wait, <laughs> what do I want to be looking at for the next couple of years? Yeah, you're right. Well, and the tricky part is sometimes, you know, advisors, people tell you, oh, you want to do real estate? Buy what's called a REIT, right? Real Estate Investment mm-hmm. Trust. Mm-hmm. Yep. But you know what? Those things are not real estate. You know, you can mm-hmm. lose money way easier in those things than you would actually buy in real, real assets. And that's my yeah, I think that's what they were anyways. talking about were REITs. <laughs> yeah. They always talk about REITs or they'll talk about, yeah, big corporations like Open Door, you know, that are going and buying these apartments and buying these houses and single family homes. Just so you know, I have friends that actually have been selling to these companies, selling their properties to these companies. They're buying them for 20% over value, 20%. <sighs> So here's the one thing I can assure you, those are not the stocks you want to be buying. They're, they're making dumb, dumb business yeah. decisions that you have to have an appreciating market to make money in. Mm-hmm. I can assure you, Open Door, uh, even um, uh, Zillow, who's been trying to do mm-hmm. that as well. Uh, really? All these companies that have been trying to buy up properties have been doing it poorly and they're going to mm-hmm. lose big, big money. They're going to create yeah. their own little stock bubble within their yeah. within their things even if the real estate there's not really a big real estate bubble happening yet um still you know these companies are just do making dumb decisions and and uh, just anything in the stock market really is just high risk mediocre returns when you really look at it mm-hmm. yeah i hadn't thought about why that's i guess i can understand why they might want to control more more parts of the of the channel in Zillow, but that seems, mm-hmm. that seems a little risky. Well, uh, Chris, we're yeah, going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor for the month and we'll be right back. Do you want to be a go-to expert that news reporters, anchors, and media producers turn to? Are you a media professional looking for credible, reliable, and timely guests? If you answered yes to either of those questions, then shock your media potential is for you. This one-of-a-kind platform connects vetted experts with news professionals around the globe. As a part of our launch celebration, you can participate for free in our Shock Your Media Potential virtual conference, running March 28th through April 1st. Together with my co-host, Eddie Luisi, known as Stage Manager to the Stars, and also Stage Manager for Good Morning America, We have interviewed 25 media personalities and professionals to ask them the questions you need to know the answers to. Like, how can I make myself more newsworthy? How do I best pitch a story? How do I get invited back again and again? And much more. Some of our guests are household names with exceptional on-camera careers. Others are award-winning directors, producers, camera operators, audio engineers, celebrity hair and makeup professionals, and so much more. To learn more about our platform and our conference today, go to shockyourmediapotential.com. And we're back with Chris Miles. Um, I think this is fascinating. I do want to know more a little bit about what you do uh, with people. And one of the things I was playing around on your website, and I was kind of curious about your link or, you know, you've got a page on there called infinite banking. So Mm -hmm. whether or not you want to tell me about that or not, but you know, when people say, Hey, okay, I think I, I want to know more what you can do for me, for my family, whatever, for, you know, for how we manage our money. 
where do you start with people? How do you, how do you help them understand and what kind of things can you help them do? Yeah, there's several ways we could do it depending on where someone's coming from. If somebody has at least a few hundred thousand dollars they're saying, you know, whether it's a few hundred thousand in savings or sitting in, you know, prison within their, their 401ks or IRAs or even in equity in their home, uh, there could be things you could be doing to actually have it generate income for you right now, right? Um, if you're in that kind of pace, you know, that kind of place, then uh, that's what we do when we do more of the consulting and helping strategize game plans. So we help people mm -hmm. create a plan and connect them with actual vetted investments. Um, doesn't mean that they're, again, risk-free, right? There's anything can always right. happen. Market stuff can happen that is unexpected. Um, but we actually look for people that have gone through and have really weathered through several recessions, you know, and still come out on the other side, always paid their investors and things like that. You know, where you could invest in an apartment building or a self-storage unit, you know, or something like that, where you're actually getting paid the profits on those things mm -hmm. without having to do the work, right? Um, so there's th things like that. But, but we do get a lot of people that say, well, I'm not quite at that place. I don't have at least a few hundred thousand dollars. Where do I start? Um, mm -hmm. We do have like a Wealth Accelerator Academy that we have. That's an online interactive training program that mm -hmm. gives you all the education you need to really be ready when that moment arrives, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, whether it's even just finding ways to free up cash now to help the month to month currently, um, not just passive investing, although we talk about that too, but even things on a day-to-day -day level, you know, how you can actually improve your cash flow, you know, how do you actually create a good spending plan? You know, how do you save on taxes and things like that? Um, how do you pay off debt if you want to do that? Mm -hmm. uh, that's what our Wealth Accelerator Academy does. Um, another one that's, like you mentioned, infinite banking is a, is a very specific strategy that goes together with, with the whole plan, right? Mm -hmm. Understand that there's never just one strategy that's going to get you there. Um, right. If there ever is recommended a one strategy to get you there, it's probably, it's probably because that person's trying to sell you something. Yeah. Right? You better start running because um, that's all eggs in one basket and that's never a good idea. <laughs> exactly. When those hammers start telling you everything looks like a nail, you'll know why okay, exactly. you don't want to be caught up in that. <laughs> and uh, so infinite banking is a specific strategy that you can use to create this tax-free supercharged savings account. Because mm -hmm. we all know that savings accounts are doing awesome. And I'm being sarcastic when I say this. You know, yeah, we, exactly. we earn point nothing percent in our savings accounts. Hey, and then now you get we earn taxed point, on point nothing point percent. Point something right? nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. Even my credit yeah. union's paying point oh five percent right now. And uh, and they were, you know, they used to brag about being so high on the interest scale compared to banks, you know. 0.05, is not going to do anything for you if you have money sitting around and you should have cash reserves sitting around. You should have a good liquid emergency savings account of at least six months. Not mm -hmm. to mention if you start to say, well, there might be a recession coming up. Maybe I want to start saving some cash for opportunities. Just like mm -hmm. if someone could rewind the clock and go back to 2011 saying, hey, I would like to build up a bunch of cash so I could buy a bunch of these properties now or in 2012. We would all yeah. do it. Right. No kidding. So, so people are like, well, okay, well, I don't quite have that much money. Like I had a friend that reached out. He's you know, a successful business owner of multiple businesses and franchises, went through a divorce. He's like, okay, I'm on the other side of this. I'm rebuilding. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Chris, I've never saved for retirement. I'm 42 years old, never oh. put any money away. He's like, I've always just figured my multiple streams of income for my businesses and franchises were like my retirement, which there's some credit to that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but, but even he in his mind was saying, yeah, but I probably need something else just in case he's like, I need more streams of income, not just these five come from different businesses. I need more coming from outside of business just in case, because if we learn anything from COVID, you could become non-essential, right? Exactly. Um, 
So, so, uh, so he's like, I might have like, you know, $60,000 or something like that in the next couple of months, you know, especially with the bonuses paying out and whatnot. And, and he's putting away a lot of money per month, but he's starting pretty much from zero after mm-hmm. paying for his divorce. And so I said, okay, well, maybe this infinite banking strategy would be a good start for you because what you can do and, and the, the tool you use, the actual vehicle is using a whole life insurance plan, mm-hmm. which if you've ever listened to Dave Ramsey or Susie Orman, yep. they'll tell you those are the biggest ripoffs ever right? They'll tell you oh, just buy huh? term insurance and just invest the rest. Well, they're actually not I did totally one of wrong. those and my husband did the other. <laughs> That's right. And they're not totally wrong because, because really, uh, if you buy the traditional whole life plans, they are a waste of money. I bought one in, in 2006 from a guy that was a real estate investor telling me it was the best thing, really the best thing since sliced bread. Mm-hmm. And then I did it. And then when the recession hit two years later, I was stuck because I couldn't afford to make a premium. And because yeah. everything was going to insurance costs, even though I paid 25 grand into these policies, there was no money in them and I lost mm. them. It oh. was the worst, most expensive insurance I could have bought, right? Oh yeah. But I found out you could have done it differently. In fact, I asked him up front and he didn't do it. And, uh, and, I, said, and I said, with these whole life plans, I said, well, can I overfund these? Can I like, get more money in so I have more cash in them? And he said, no. Well, I found out a year later, I'm sitting in their, his office. I'm having a two-hour debate with him, showing him by the numbers, because I was an insurance license too oh, yeah. um, I, for the last five years up to that point. And so I was like, hey, look, I can show you these numbers. Look, I can get it from day one. We can have cash in these things. And after I, I knocked down all of his little objections, he finally just said, Chris, I don't do that because I can't afford to cut my commissions that way. Oh, oh. well, at least he was honest eventually. He was, it just took him two hours to get there. Wow. <laughs> and uh, so needless to say, I didn't send him any more, any more of my clients to, to work no. with him as, a, as an insurance agent. Um, and, and really I was like, well, this is dumb. This should be done better. And I found that was true across the industry. Most insurance agents, and I even heard it this last week, I was at a retreat with some of the highest pro- producers in the insurance industry. And some of them said, oh yeah, but you know, that cuts your commissions back a lot. And I said, you know, what's interesting yeah. is that that belief is false because that's a scarcity mentality. Because the truth is you mm-hmm. do what's right for the client. They'll do bigger policies and you'll make yes. more money. Yeah. And, uh, and then they'll fact, send more people your way too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I actually walked across the stage as one of the top producers. I had only worked 10 hours a week last year in that industry. And I was one of the top guys in that company that were working overtime. So, yeah. uh, you know, so that's the thing is that it's, it's not about that. So. So anyways, coming back to how you use this, right? And how this works with the passive income and everything is that you can actually set these up where they have low cost and you get more cash in from day one. Mm-hmm. And so much to the point where it actually becomes like a tax-free supercharged savings account because instead of getting paid point nothing percent, these things pay more like five plus percent, but it's mm-hmm. tax-free. Okay. So you're getting this tax-free. It's kind of like a Roth IRA, but there's no limits. Like you don't ah. have to get stuck with a whole... $6,000 or $7,000 a year limit. Or if you make too much income, then they say you can't do a Roth IRA anyways. Right. So you can do, you set this up. You have the same exact tax advantages. This after-tax money going in, grows tax-free, comes out tax-free, but you don't have to wait till 59 and a half. So there's no age limit either. So you could hmm. retire early, but I don't use these for retirement. That's the thing right. is that I use this as a, save, a replacement of my savings account. Because here's right. what most of us do as investors. Remember, come back to the whole invest the rest. This is really what I do. But I'm still using the strategy to make it work. 
So what I end up doing is that I'm going to, of course, buy cash flowing investments. But instead of just taking out my savings account where you just take all the money out, well, now you're not making any money in your savings account, right? Because mm -hmm. the money's right. gone. But you are making at least money. Say I bought a property, I'm making money over here. But what if you could say, well, with the savings account, I can keep it in here, still earn interest, but get a line of credit, kind of like getting a home equity yeah. line of credit, but get a line right. of credit against it, where right. I pay less interest than what they're paying me, and then I invest it. So what ends up happening is, you know, say for example, I'm getting paid 5%, I have $100,000 in this account, in my, my, my supercharged savings account, right? I got 100,000 here, I borrow, say I borrow 50,000 of that. Mm -hmm. The cool thing is I'm paying 3%. Right. So on that money, even the money I borrowed, I'm only paying, really, I'm not paying anything. I'm actually getting paid 2% more than I'm being charged. Right. So therefore I'm making a 2% over here and I'm making whatever returns I would have made on the investment anyways. So I get the double dip, make money in two places at the same time. Um, I showed an example for somebody who bought an apartment building saying they put a quarter million dollars down. They took the cash flow and reinvested it. They mm -hmm. put it into their savings account because they liquidated it down to zero, had to build it back up slowly, earning mm -hmm. their point nothing percent. Guess what? After nine years, they'd only have earned about 1200 bucks in interest. Oh, but using <laughs> this insurance plan, doing the same exact thing, actually earned about 145,000 over nine years. Nice. But, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out or a mathematician to say, well, 1200 bucks in interest or 145 grand of interest, which one do I like better? Yeah, but it has to be designed the right way. And that's why our part of our team, we actually have a branch that does this kind of thing to make sure it's done right. And, uh, mm -hmm. and even people that have had them done before, we've had them review it, say, is this really doing what it should be doing? Is it good or is it not? You know, mm -hmm. we can always review it and take a look and see how it could be done better or, you know, done differently. Fascinating. Chris, I love it because I think it's, um, it's important that we, uh, that we take the time not only to, you know, research what we want to do, but really to be open at different ways of doing things because it really kind of comes full mm -hmm. circle to your original point, And that is we've been taught one way to do it. We think that's the only way. Mm -hmm. And if you're not confident enough on your own anyway, to go out and research things that to at least know that there are people who know what options are. And the more you talk, the more questions you ask, you may find something you never would have even imagined, but that that's can right. make all the difference in your present and your future. Yeah. That's the thing is that most people don't have hope because they're ignorant to the possibilities and ignorant, not in a bad way. They just don't know. Uh, you weren't taught. There's the financial advisors aren't taught to do this kind of thing, right? They're not paid to tell you, Hey, you should do this. And even if they could tell you, well, if they have certain licenses, they're not allowed to legally to even tell you about those options because yeah. the industry says, Nope, you have to stay with your mutual funds. You go outside yeah. of that. We'll take your license away. Yep. And yep. that means they lost their license to make a living. So yeah. they're not going to tell you this stuff. This is stuff that really has to come from those that have been there, done that, and then still doing it today. I love it. Well, Chris, I know we're going to have all of your contact information on our show notes, but yeah. I know there's people listening right now who are going to say, I want to find out what more about this guy right this minute. What's the best way for them to find you? Well, you can always go to our website, moneyripples.com. You can go there. And there's plenty of information like you found the infinite banking. There's even a YouTube playlist on there. You can learn about it and stuff. Um, or you can just go to our, our podcast, the Chris Miles Money Show that you can find on iTunes, YouTube, wherever you go. 
I love it. Well, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Yeah, uh, I would say this is, you know, if, if this is kind of challenging your beliefs a little bit, you're like, well, yeah, but does it really work? I would just say the same thing that I, I, I said earlier, you know, when I was, when I was looking at leaving being a financial advisor, which is look at the evidence, right? Mm -hmm. Look to see how many people truly are really financially free saving in their, their company's 401ks for decades. How many financial advisors are really financially free, not just from all the money they're earning from the sales, but actually doing the investing, which you're not going to get a good answer, straight answer for them anyways, because they're not, um, look at the evidence, but there's still, there's, there's 9% millionaires in this country, right? Every one of them, the one thing they have in common is they own real estate. In most cases, multiple properties. That has been proven to be true. There's 25 plus million now of millionaires in the United States, and all of them have real estate as part of their portfolio. Go where the evidence shows it. You know, if you don't believe me, look at the evidence because it supports us. Despite what, the, you know, it doesn't matter if 5 billion people say one thing, if it's still not true, it's not going to be true. It's about what actually works. I love it. Chris, thank you so much for inspiring us and giving us some new things to consider. Um, it's been a pleasure having you back again. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today. <laughs>